What is up, Dodgers Nation? And welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCann. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we've got a jam-packed show for you. We're talking more about Otani's first batting practice since surgery, his first batting practice as a Dodger. Some of those balls are still out in orbit somewhere. We're going to talk about that. Also, Mookie Betts had some very interesting comments about the upcoming season. And Andrew Friedman says that the Dodgers are trying to build a pipeline to Japan. We're getting to Andrew Freeman's comments. Also, I have the biggest concern for the Dodgers for the upcoming season. All that and more here on a jam-packed episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Now, if you haven't yet, do yourself a favor and subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. We're doing tons of giveaways all season long. We just gave away a brand new Shohei Otani number 17 jersey, and we're planning our next giveaway. We should announce it at some point this week. And to be eligible for all of our giveaways, all you have to do is subscribe to the channel, be subscribed, and comment done down below. And I want all your takes down below in the comment section. Let's jump into these comments. We got new City Connect jerseys. Ivan, did that get announced? Because you know I'm interested in that. If you didn't go back and watch my interview with the world's foremost expert in sports uniforms, Paul Lucas, go watch that. We break down the differences in the Dodgers jersey. It's not as wedding gown white. It's a little darker shade. The placket, it splits right through the O it does not look good. The numbers are smaller, perforated numbers. And I see players around the league are commenting on those new Nike jerseys. So we'll talk about that. Can't wait for the seasons to start. That's from Yerald Betrays. We got Patrick. Yes. Yes. Go Dodgers. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I'm always looking for those comments of the show. And I got super producer Gary to my left. And he's always looking for your comments. If we see a fire take, you're going to see one of these. If we see a comment of the show, you're going to see one of these. We'll take care of those, but we got Diane Schroeder down below in the comment section. Smash that like button for DMAC. Yeah, definitely smash that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers or in, and this show. But today, batting leadoff for our first segment, we're talking about Shohei Otani and the display he put on yesterday at Camelback Ranch. Probably the most anticipated spring training batting practice in Dodgers franchise history, and he did not disappoint. He took his first swings outside of a batting cage since having surgery last September to repair that UCL in his right elbow. He took pitches from JT Watkins, the Dodgers game planning coach, and he hit 10 home runs in 21 swings, 10 home runs in 21 swings. Now, if this is a test in school, you're getting an F because that's less than 50%. If this is baseball, you are the best slugger. You are a superstar. Basically, one out of every two at bats, you're leaving the yard. And if you look at some of these majestic swings, and Mookie, last season, majestic swings out here. Let's see, we can work on that B roll. We're going to fire up that B roll because you got to see where these balls are out in the orbit somewhere. They still have not landed. I mean, if you're going to want to catch a home run from Otani this year, you're going to need to, have to get a seat on the International Space Station, not on the left field pavilion. But Legend had some of these balls are still floating out there. But uh, we will try to get those clips later. But if not, it's cool. We'll do a little, uh, we did a breakdown of it yesterday, so be sure to go back and watch that. And Otani, like I said, 10 home runs in 21 at-bats, and he wasn't even going. There we go. Look at those, look at those balls just flying out in this outer space. Just look at this swing. Otani's swing is absolutely majestic. The prodigious power of Shohei 
Otani. It's something to behold. It's something that us Dodgers fans get to enjoy. He's got the grace of a ballerina. He's got the strength of a lion. And you just see it right there. It's compact. And what makes his swing special is the hands. Look at the quick hands of Shohei Otani. Get to that ball. And that's what really stands out. No wasted movement. You see the way he loads his body and he just engages that entire core. The arms just drive through the ball. There's houses back there too. I'm sure that those are landing in pools in Arizona. I'm sure the, those are landing, breaking windows. I'm telling you, man, still floating around in the galaxy somewhere. He's hitting souvenirs for the aliens is Shohei Otani. Just look at this swing. And that's what allows him to really cover the entire plate with power is he angles his hands at such a level where that load up, it just gets to the ball, right? He can get to the ball at both sides of the plate. You see the pull side power. You see hitting power to all fields, the hands, the quick hands, the compact, no waste in motion. And interesting note about Shohei Otani, actually when he was growing up, and he was in middle school. He hit so many balls inside the Isawa River, where the ballpark that he played at as a pull hitter, that he learned to hit to all fields. So that's one of the special things about Shohei Otani is he learned to hit for power to all fields because of this ballpark that he was playing at in his younger days, in his middle school days, and that allowed him to be a complete player. But yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I said, souvenirs for the aliens, hitting bombs. Those baseballs had families, Shohei and he's leaving the yard with prodigious power. And he talked to reporters after the batting practice session, and there was a lot of positive takeaways. He's trending in the right direction. The going outside versus the cage allowed him to really gauge his strength, and he was hitting the ball hard, hitting the cover off the baseball. He was hitting as high as 109 miles per hour, for the exit velocity. That was the highest exit velocity he hit. He had a couple over 100 miles per hour exit velocity. And this is someone who is not going at full strength. If that is what not full strength looks like. Just imagine when he's going 100%, okay? This is someone that I predict is going to hit a ball 500 feet at Dodger Stadium. I think that he is going to enter that conversation for longest home runs ever hit at Dodger Stadium. And if you look at right now, I mean, his career high is 493 feet. That was against the Diamondbacks last season. But the top five longest home runs ever hit at Dodger Stadium, five, Mike Piazza, 1997, 420 feet, four, Willie Stargell, 1973, 470 feet, three, Giancarlo Stanton, 2015, 475 feet, two, Mark McGuire, 99, 483 feet, and I think Otani has a chance to top this one. Willie Stargell won 1963, 506 feet. So come on, let me get a 500-foot bomb this year, Shohei Otani. But like I said, he talked to reporters after the batting practice session. Lots of positive takeaways from that session. And here's what Otani told reporters. あの、外で打った時に安田なので今日も初めての外だったのでちょっと慎重気味に振りましたけど、ま、その割にはよく振れてたんじゃないかなと思いますし、ま、インサイドあの中でも外でも。it's the first time hitting outside ever since that I got the oblique injury, so I was being a little careful, but overall I felt really good. And all the swings I'm taking inside the cages, they all feel good and strong, so 
think we're past the oblique part. そうですね。まあ軽めに行こうかなと思ってましたけど、思ったよりもフレスなので、そこは、あまあスケジュール通りには来つつ、あの内容自体はあいいんじゃないかなと思うので、と思います。Yeah, I was planning on, like I said earlier, kind of swinging on the lighter side, but felt the swings were feeling really good. Which is a really good sign, so I think it's, it's trending towards me being ready. 外で打つときは、まあ今も言いましたけど、外で打つときはまあ強度の確認、まあ体の確認がメインですし、中で打つときは、えー、まあそういう、なんていうんですかね、どこをまあ注意して、自分でチェックポイントを探しながらっていうところかなと思います。Yeah, when he hits outside, like you said earlier, it's more to like check the strength and where his body, how strong he's feeling. And when it's inside, it's more technical stuff, so that's how he separates him. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. So you saw Otani right there. I mean, this is someone that feels like he's trending in the right direction. It was about strength hitting outdoors compared to when he's working in the cages. It's more technical. He's looking at the technical elements of his swing. But outside, he's just letting it rip and hitting absolute nukes. I love this from Andres Diaz. I didn't know Lance Lynn was still with the Dodgers in pitching batting practice. That's a fire take out there. That's a finish him. But yeah, Lance Lynn just gave up another home run. But yeah, you just look at his ability and it's breathtaking. His swing, I think, is right up there with, of course, it doesn't have the smoothness of a Ken Griffey Jr. It's not as effortless as a Ken Griffey Jr. But like I said, when you look at the hands, just focus on the hands, how he can cover all sides of the plate, no wasted motion. You don't see a big leg kick or anything like that. So it's definitely a thing of beauty to see him in Dodger blue. Everyone looks better in Dodger blue, but Otani, he looks right. It, everything looks right about him in the interlocked LA hat, the Dodger blue, putting in that work. And I think that the biggest takeaway here is that this is someone who is going to be able to focus solely on being productive at the plate. I've already said on the show a few times, I think he's going to set the Dodgers' new franchise record for home runs in a season. I think he hits 50 bombs and passes Sean Green's 49 that he hit in 2001. And that's because I think that this is a slugger in the peak of his powers. This is a slugger that is going to bat in a lineup that includes Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. He's going to have protection. And Freddie and Mookie, they posted. They did not miss time last season. I mean, Mookie, Freddie, they played. They were healthy all season long. And that's why I think that Freddie Freeman is going to be a big boost to Shohei. I think Shohei Otani and Mookie and Freddie Freeman have a chance to be the best one, two, three in baseball history. But. Yeah, you just watch that. I could watch that all day, all day.、And、I think what's really cool is if you look at the extended version of that video, you can see how they used the iPad and how they connected his iPad to the Dodgers' internal data. And they were able to gauge the exit velocity and they were not wasting any time. And look, he's just not effing around, okay? You see him putting in that work, and that's why he is the best player on the planet. Got some more comments down below. We got from me. Aren't you worried about? Let me see it blocking it. I can't read it now. Okay, we'll skip that one. Yeah, we're talking about the NLS. By the way, the Dodgers dugout live poll question of the day. I want to get into that one. And we're going to talk about a sign that the Giants made is that the Giants have signed Jorge Soler. We're going to talk about that. But I asked you guys over on the X who will finish second in the NLS this season? Because we know the Dodgers, they're going to be finishing first, okay? But who will be finishing second? 15% of you say the Giants, 64% of you say the Diamondbacks, 16% of you say the Padres, and 5%. 5%. Who said the Rockies? Who said the Rockies? Hey, who knows? All right. The Diamondbacks, the Rockies, you never know who's going to emerge, but 
What are your thoughts on Otani's batting practice? How exciting was that? We got Roberta Smith. Smith and Hernandez will have a huge year. 30-plus home runs for both of them. Same with Mookie and Freddie. Otani will hit 48 and have a 305 average. Dodgers will have 114 wins. Hey, I'll take all of that. All of that is music to my ears. I think Smith and Hernandez having a huge year. You guys know, big on Teoscar. I think he's going to hit 28 to 30 home runs. You saw how much success he had in 2021 batting in that lineup in Toronto with Vladdy and Bo Bichette. Will Smith getting those power numbers up. I definitely want to see that. I think that Will Smith is one of the best hitters, not just one of the best hitting catchers in baseball when he's right. But I think that last season, I'm really excited to talk to Will Smith, by the way, in spring training, because I don't think that last season he was 100% healthy. The workload was high. He hit 19 home runs, 21 doubles. Still was 19% above league average, but looking for a big year from Smitty. We got, we got uh, aren't you worried Choi Otani doesn't know NL pitching yet? I would say not really. I mean, I don't think that this is someone that he doesn't need to be familiar with a type of pitcher. And you have last year, you had a balanced schedule, right? He saw plenty of National League pitchers. And this is someone that, if you look at his success against some of the best pitchers in the league, he knows how to catch up to high velocity. He knows how to hit breaking balls. He knows how to cover both sides of the plate. So I definitely think there is going to be a little bit of an adjustment as far as just really the Logan Webb types, right? The, the gallon, you know, the Zach gallon types. I mean, the, the Zach gallon and Logan Webb and guys like that. But I still think that Shohei Otani on the international level, the WBC at the big league level and interleague games. I mean, I just gave you his, his longest home run in his career, 493 feet. And that was against the Arizona Diamondbacks, the National League team. So I think it's going to be just fine. We got the Sergio Miranda. Let's go Dodgers. Repping all the way from Belgium. Wow. I like that. Repping all the way from Belgium. We got the Dodgers fans in Belgium. And uh, that's why I say it's always, it's not Dodgers Nation. It's uh, Dodgers Nations over here. But uh, that's awesome to see. But yeah, more on the spring training front and we're going to talk about some of the biggest news around the division. And really the big story from a signing standpoint is the San Francisco Giants. They signed designated hitter Jorge Soler. So I want all your thoughts on Jorge Soler. If you want to move the thing, I can't read the, the chats. Um, if you want to, uh, yeah, down below in the comments, give me all your thoughts on Jorge Soler. And the Dodgers signing the 32-year-old slugger to a three-year, $36 million deal with the Marlins a couple years ago. Well, he signed with the, the Giants for $42 million. And this is according to Mike Rodriguez. So a $42 million deal for Jorge Soler. Some Soler power. What up, uh, D-Mac over uh, in Whittier? Any update on Kike? But yeah, Jorge Soler is someone that he has prodigious power. He is one of the best sluggers in the league last season. He was fantastic as far as slugging goes. Had a 126 weighted runs created plus hit 250, but hit slug 512. And that is what the Giants need. The Giants need slugging. They need guys that can leave the yard. And they haven't had a hitter in San Francisco hit more than 30 home runs since Barry Bonds in 2004. And this is a Giants team that was 19th in all of Major League Baseball with 174 home runs. They were 24th in runs scored, 28th in batting average. 
And like I said, there's just not been a lot. The power, there's a power outage in San Francisco. I don't know if that's because of Godzilla's back, like he was there in the 2014 version of Godzilla where he wreaked havoc in San Francisco. But there just hasn't been a lot of power. I mean, you have only had one 20 home run hitter in their lineup the last two seasons. Jock Peterson and Wilmer Flores, who hit 23 last season. Jorge Soler, he's averaged 32 bombs per 162 games in his career. That's definitely going to help them. But the question now is, are the Giants going to get serious? Are they going to start playing big boy baseball in San Francisco? Are they going to start doing that? Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know because you still have Matt Chapman out there. You still have Blake Snell out there. You still have Cody Bellinger out there. Come talk to me when they sign one of those three players. Come talk to me when they actually want to get serious about winning up in San Francisco and sign a marquee free agent. Now, a lot of the projections love Jung Hu Lee. You have a slugger in Jorge Soler. They have some pieces. And I think if you look at this move, I'm not going to get overly excited about a player that does not play defense. He's injury prone. He's a 1.8 war guy that just has difficulty staying on the field before I really want to entertain the idea of the San Francisco Giants being a real threat in the division. I still think that the Arizona Diamondbacks will finish second in the NL West unless the Giants want to get serious and go out there and make some big-time, big-boy signings like the Dodgers have done this offseason. If I were them, I would absolutely consider signing Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger or Blake Snell because they need some firepower up in San Francisco. They need someone with some name recognition. We got Johnny Owen. Oracle Park is not a home run field. Giants hitters are mosquitoes. And that's the other thing, too. Why would you want to go to that cavernous outfield of San Francisco where when you look at ballpark factors, it's not ideal for certain hitters. But on the same token, hey, if you're willing to pay up, we got Farhan is cheap from Mr. Classic. Yeah, I mean, that's what Farhan kind of does. I mean, is he only capable of these half-measure moves, right? I mean, when he's going to go out there and actually play the game the right way as far as paying sticker price for a player, okay? Sometimes you got to pay sticker price. You get what you pay for. Just look at this Dodgers team. I mean, they went out there and they spent big and they're the favorites to win the World Series. But let's get some more comments here. And then coming up next, I've got the biggest concern for the Dodgers for the upcoming season. And Andrew Friedman, he talks about the Japanese market and his thoughts on the starting rotation. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. By the way, if you have not yet, 
hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and hit that like button. Diving into the comments section, we got Robert Maxwell, Dodgers Nation World Series or bust. That's from Robert Maxwell. Hey, that's how the organization feels. So you guys are on the same page. And everyone in the organization feels that way as well. We got Dovi and Satova Sagan. I don't care who has a huge year. I want them to have the huge playoffs produce when it matters. Yeah. And honestly, we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about Mookie bets. And unfortunately, baseball is extremely hard. It's one of the hardest sports that there is. You have a fraction of a second to try to hit the best pitchers in the world. Guys throwing 100 miles per hour, devastating explosive sliders and breaking balls. It's not easy. We got the Skippy. A six to eight man rotation is the new norm. Aldo, they do need Trevor back. Okay, we got to, I think every Dodger win feed each other off the year. And I think I see Outman does in his sophomore season. So you're predicting a, you're predicting a big sophomore season for James Outman. I am too. I think that Outman's going to build off his success. He was an above average bat and above average defender. 118 weighted runs created plus 23 bombs. I'm looking for 25 dingers at least for Outman in year two, because he did the most important thing you can do as a big league player last year, adjust when they adjust to you. That's what Outman did because they adjusted to him and they said, okay, you want to be a slugger? Well, we're going to pitch to your weaknesses. Okay. Hide inside sliders away. I mean, we're going to try to take the Cody Bellinger approach against you. And what did Outman do? Shorten his stroke, a little more pitch to contact put the ball in play in more, and he definitely sacrificed some of those power numbers but was able to avoid those big droughts. So I like that. We got Cindy Miller over on X. Audi will do great. Yeah, as long as he has Raka, right? Never forget, this time last year we were talking to Outman, and he told us that his his superstition was that he had a rock named Raka that he would give coffee to. So as long as he gives the Raka coffee, he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to have a lot of success. We got... Carnival, uh, we got the Mr. Classic Farhan had to do something. You can't be irrelevant every year. Yeah, I mean, he has to. I mean, he they're still irrelevant. They're still irrelevant. Had to do something. They've done nothing so far that's going to be impactful in the division, in my opinion. I think the Dodgers run away with the division, and I think the Diamondbacks are the second best team. Like I said, a little update on the Dodgers dugout poll question of the show. Who will finish second in the NL West? And currently... That poll's sitting at 65% of Dodgers Nation saying the Diamondbacks, 16% the Giants, 15% saying the Dads, a.k.a. the Padres, and then 4% saying the Colorado Rockies. Justin Lombas, SF Travel to L.A. and Seattle. So that, one, that one's gone. So that one's up in the universe, the comments. So we'll read that a little later. But um, let's dive back into this one. So Andrew Friedman, Dodgers president of baseball operations, he was asked about his thoughts on the starting rotation and how confident he is in this starting rotation. And it feels like organizationally, they feel like they have put together a very solid group on paper. Are they paper tigers though? Or are they a group that's going to deliver? And, and Friedman said for each guy, it's a little different, but we feel the collection of arms and the depth of it is something that is going to help us navigate a 162 game season and then still have a really talented set of arms that we have going into October. If we're fortunate enough, you go on to say we feel really good about this group and their talent level. So Andrew Friedman clearly has just attacked this rebuild of this rotation. If it weren't for Otani, 
The story of the offseason would be that the Dodgers completely rebuilt their rotation. Kershaw's injured. You might see him in 2024, but it's iffy. You got Julio Urias is gone. A lot of these pieces are different. You have Tyler Glass now who you traded for. Walker Buehler is returning from his second major arm surgery. Bobby Miller's going in to year two. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the highest paid pitcher in baseball history on the for, without having thrown a pitch, right? The first player to sign that amount of money set a record for the largest contract for a player to never throw a pitch at the big league level. So tons of talent. There's no doubt about it. tons of talent with that group, but there are a lot of questions, a lot of questions. And if you look at the last couple of seasons, the death knell for the Dodgers has been the inconsistency and the health issues, the injury issues with the starting rotation. Last season, the Dodgers had nine pitchers, nine pitchers with nine or more starts. That's it. I mean, that's all they had. I mean, that's not a big number. And if you look at some of the pieces they brought in, Tyler Glassdown, he's had his injury issues. 2019, forearm, elbow injury. 2021, Tommy John surgery. 2022, grade two, left oblique injury. 2023, cramping of hands and legs that was not caused by dehydration. So Tyler Glass now, when he's on the mound, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. The trick is to keep him on the mound. And until we see it for an entire season, end of the postseason, you have to have your doubts. Tony Gonsolin's gone. Dustin May is going to be possibly making his comeback at some point towards the middle or the end of next season. You can't count on that. So really, you got to put a lot of trust in guys like Yamamoto, Bobby Miller avoiding a sophomore slump, Walker Bueller not just coming back and looking healthy, but getting back to the pitcher that he was before the injury, before we saw a precipitous decline in his velocity and his effectiveness. What version of Walker Bueller are we going to get? And without question, this is the biggest concern for the Dodgers next season. And look, the they didn't lose because of starting pitching in the NLDS, right? They lost because you're scoring two runs a game. And Mookie and Freddie combined to go one for 21 combined. The offense struggled up and down the order. But still, had they advanced in that series, starting pitching was going to ultimately do them in. Clayton Kershaw would have pitched again. Lance Lynn would have given up 50 home runs in an inning. Bobby Miller, I think, given another opportunity, a very... Curious to see how he would have performed. I think that I would bet on Bobby to have a much better start than the one he did. But you're relying on a lot of injury-prone guys, guys that we haven't seen in Yamamoto, and young guys emerging. How will Gavin Stone, Emmett Sheehan, Michael Grove, Landon Knack, how will these guys perform? Will they take the next step in their development? And I think that for this Dodgers team, on paper, you love the rotation, but until we see it, until we get a larger sample size, I'm going to have it as the biggest concern for the Dodgers because you need health. You also need performance. And I'm confident that Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be a phenom. You guys know it. Yamamoto mania. I'm calling it right now. Yamamania. It's going to happen. He's my choice to win the NL Rookie of the Year and the NL Cy Young. I think that Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to have success, and that's because all he knows is, is success. Okay. This is someone that you talk about durability pitching the WBC last season through 168 innings and still in game six of the Japan series. He had a 14 strikeout game 
and threw over 130 pitches. He was outstanding. So I'm not worried about the workload. I'm just worried about the adjustment. Like I said, ball's a little less tacky. Mound's a little different. Your pitching schedule's different. You're adjusting to life off the field as well. So like I said, if there's one thing they want to look at this season, it is the starting rotation. And for as good as this rotation looks on paper, I would not rule out the Dodgers adding a starting pitcher at some point during the season. Luzardo still available. If he becomes available, if the Marlins decide to move him, the Dodgers clearly have shown some interest. The Yankees were interested in him. Dylan sees you'll see pitchers emerge this season and look at a couple years ago. They had Bauer. They had May. They lost both of them and they went out there and they got Scherzer. So that is going to be something that I'm going to look for during the year is do they add another starting pitcher? Because we know that pitching wins. We know that that baseball is special because it's the sport where the defense has the baseball. So on a scale of one to 10, what is your level of concern with the Dodgers starting rotation? For me, I think on paper, they look phenomenal, but there are a ton of questions. I mean, Walker Buehler, surgery, August 2022. Second one, obviously, flexor tendon repair on top of the Tommy John surgery. Tony Gonson, Mayer out. I mean, we've talked about these guys coming back. So definitely a ton of questions. Justin Lamas has it at a five. C-dub pitching, I think, will come through. Dodgers really do need to get Jesus Luzardo 100%. Level of concern is extremely high with the starting pitching. That's from Zeus. Roy Estrada, Mr. Classic, hoping Paxton eats as much. No, I think that Paxton is the wild card. James Paxton is the wild card. And he talked recently about some of his issues last season. And when he was on the mound, we talked about it yesterday, 10 starts, sub-3 ERA. Only problem is before that last three seasons, hadn't thrown more than 22 innings in a year. And he told Bill Plunkett of the OC Register, James Paxson did, the second half, I started to get pretty tired. It had been two and a half years since I pitched, and the innings kind of built up there. I was going pretty deep into ball games there for quite a while, and I just ran out of gas there at the end. Then my body started to bark at me a little bit, my knee and stuff like that, so I wasn't able to execute pitches the way that I needed. So that tells you right there, fatigue was a factor. He's still working his way back to 100%, and that's why a lot of the times it's better to get guys that have had serious injuries the second year. And that is something that the Dodgers will have the luxury of having. And yeah, I mean, last nine starts of the year for Paxton, he went two and four with a 698 ERA. And then his season ended with that knee injury. But he has been putting in a lot of work. He's the Dodgers, Arizona training complex. And they signed him for a reason that was to be effective. It's not a one-year deal. They did reduce that, that guarantee because something they saw in the physical from 11 to $7 million. But if he makes the opening day roster, he'll get a $2 million bonus. And I know that he is focused on doing just that, but uh, we got seven for your concern. Joe mama. Hope my boss doesn't fire me. Still watching DN though. That's a fire take. We appreciate everyone out there. All of our day ones, our left side of the infield worries me. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. That's another one of my big concerns. I think that's really the concerns, right? I mean, starting pitching health, left side of the infield defense, Will Mookie and Freddie be able to play at the level they played at last season? When will they start to have that decline? Will that happen this year? Because hopefully it does not. And we're talking about Mookie bets next, because I'm going to tell you why we need to put our arms around Mookie, give him an air hug, 
because he deserves to be appreciated more than a lot of Dodgers fans are appreciating him. And I'm going to tell you why that's coming up next here on Dodgers dugout live. What up Dodgers nation D mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. Let's dive back in the comments. We got Trevor Ellis. My guarantee, Altman will hit the third most home runs with 35 behind Showtime with 42 and Muncie with 45 shutting down his hater nation. So very bold home run predictions there. We got Mr. Classic. The pitching couldn't set the tone in the postseason, and that definitely affected the batting. That's a fantastic point. It's not easy to go to the plate when you're down six to nothing, right? When you're trailing early on, that's when guys press. That's when they're not out there using the approaches that allow that Dodgers team to become the first Dodgers team in Los Angeles Dodgers history to score more than 900 runs. So that's a fantastic point. So even though it was on the offense, if you're going to dice up that blame pie right there, I think you could make the case that it was still 50-50 pitching, starting pitching, and the offensive struggles. Because you know the bullpen, they definitely did their job, right? They did most of the work on the group project. But unfortunately, they're partners did not. Uh, we got Roy Estrada. Muncie at third base is a concern. Extending innings because of an error and increasing pitchers pitch count. Lux at shortstop is another concern. You have to be elite at shortstop. I pray Lux is ready. Yeah, that's one of the biggest concerns. One of the biggest questions. I think when Max Muncie, we said on the show, his best, his best defense is offense. And as long as he's hitting 30 plus home runs and 100 plus RBIs, and he's a menace and he's a beast at the plate and he's having success, then you can justify having him out there. But if he's struggling offensively and then defensively, he's the fourth worst defensive shortstop in baseball and ranking towards the bottom in baseball at multiple metrics. Well, then you start to have the conversation. I did speak to Max Muncy at Dodgers Fest about his defense. And what he told me was very interesting because a lot of players, they'll tell you about adjustments to technique, right? And being a little more rangy, working on your quickness and first step. The first thing that came out of his mouth was that he made some errors early on the season that impacted him mentally. And he said that snowballed and that tells you that he could be someone that will benefit from a clean slate, but that's a difficult position. You want guys to be able to handle that. And hopefully is as far as Gavin Lux goes, we talked about it yesterday. Lux is going to have to look the part or else the Dodgers are going to need to look for another shortstop. It's as simple as that. I have all the belief in the world in Gavin Lux. I am the conductor of the Gavin Lux hype train. I'm a card-carrying member of the, the Gavin Lux long-term shortstop club. I mean, I'm all about Gavin Lux, okay? But having said that, he ranked as the eighth-worst defensive shortstop when he was filling in for Corey Seager in 2021. And does he have the requisite range? Can he make the reads off the bat? Can he make all the throws? That's the big question I have. And how will his offense be? Like I said, offensively, if he hits close to 300, if he is that second leadoff hitter that's setting the tone for Mookie. And I think that, I think Gavin Lux might lead the team in runs this year, possibly. 
I truly believe that because I think that he's going to get on base and Mookie and Freddie and Otani are going to hit him in. I got to have him close to a three-war season, scoring 100-plus runs. But uh, prone to thrill says, I think Lux will be solid. Muncie is more of a worry on D, but he can double that, and he'll be just fine. Okay, we got to Ivy Stroke at LOL. Hepatitis, see you later. Muncie gets 10 mil and hits 38 home runs with walks, and people still question different ways about him. But, yeah, have the same questions. Yeah, look, that's what I try to tell you. But not all players. I mean, think about, would you rather have the best short? Would you rather have a Nolan Arenado-level defensive third baseman and he hits two home runs and bats sub 200? No, you wouldn't, right? This is a game that's won offensively. Yes, run prevention is extremely important, but hey, you outslug your opponent, you win 80% of the time, and Max Muncy still does that at a prolific rate. He's a top 10 Dodgers home run hitter. He's 175 career bombs. But uh, Anthony Smiley, Tim Anderson has terrible jab defense and can't take a punch. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Tim Anderson definitely not the best baseball player right now and definitely wouldn't be the best boxer. That is for sure. But uh, I see you guys talking about Tim Anderson a lot in the comments. So I might have to talk about him tomorrow. But let's talk a little bit about Mookie Betts before we head out of here. Now, look at his season last year, and yes, he was a no-show in the postseason. Yes, he struggled in August. Yes, he went 0-11 against the Diamondbacks, and that certainly was a key factor as to why the Dodgers had an early exit. And with Mookie, the thing you want to see, the thing he said is he wants to have a complete season. He wants to finish strong. He wants to be at his best when his best is required. Shout out to John Wooden, right? He wants to be at his best when the lights are bright. We want more Mr. October and less Mr. August in 2024. And the most important thing, though, is that Mookie is not being defensive about that. He's not denying the truth of the season he had in 2024. But let's not forget, Mookie Betts is still a top five talent in Major League Baseball. Mookie Betts finished second behind Ronald Acuna Jr. for the National League MVP voting, and he, in fact, had more war than Ronald Acuna Jr. He was outstanding in 2023. He had 307, had a 167 weighted runs created plus. He played 152 games, hit 39 home runs, set a new career high, scored 126 runs, 107 RBI, 14 stolen bases, and like I just mentioned, 8.3 F4 and B-roll, B-war. Every single team in Major League Baseball would not run. They would sprint towards a player like that. Mookie Betts is still one of the brightest superstars in the game, and also he was really durable. He missed only 10 games last season, and three of those games were due to be on the paternity list in April. So I think one of the big things I want to see next season is when the Dodgers sew up that division, hopefully earlier than later, is that you do give Mookie some rest and that you let him recharge before the postseason because when you see Mookie start to struggle, it's when he looks overmatched at the plate. It's when his mechanics become out of sync. And Mookie is someone who last offseason and this season, he has taken on the coach's recommendations from driveline. And that is something that's extremely important. I was talking to Robert Stock. He is the hitting instructor at driveline. We're going to have him on this show at some point this week. And he told me that when Mookie bets went to driveline last off season that when they did the biomechanics and they videotaped his swing and they looked at everything, they said that he was one of the most elite 
players they've ever seen. They ran through all their motion capture assessments. They went over all the bat speed programs that they did, and they looked at it, and he said that, that Mookie was, quote, one of the most efficient movers we've ever had inside our motion capture lab. As far as his kinematic sequence goes from start of swing to end of swing, the energy transfer was very much elite. The way he uses the ground on the force plates is also some of the highest percentiles. So, yes, we know how special Otani is, but Mookie Betts, outside of Otani, is one of, if not the most special player in all of Major League Baseball. The fact that he is a outfielder that's won the gold glove in right field six times, and then he plays second base at a league average level, plays some shortstop. Offensively, he's going to be the best second baseman in baseball. And look, you look at the second baseman's offensively, Joe Morgan to Jose Altuve, you can make the case that Mookie Betts is going to be the best offensive second baseman since Joe Morgan. So let's not forget what we have in Mookie Betts. And I talked to Mookie Betts at Dodgers Fest and asked him about his 2023 season and trying to get himself in the best position to have success for the postseason next year. And here's what Mookie told me. And Mookie, last season you finished second in the MVP, finished with more war than MVP winner. But how would you assess your 2023 season looking back? It was cool. It was cool. I mean, you know, at the end I kind of uh, let off, let up. And, uh, that's what I didn't like. You know, I, I didn't I didn't like that. And then uh, it kind of bled in the playoffs and I didn't play well in the playoffs. And so, um, you know, that kind of ate at me more than people uh, think, you know, just because I don't uh, voice it, that doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't eat at me. Um, so my, my goal, you know, now, and I guess if you want to say anything, is just to, just to complete the season, you know, finish the season the whole the whole time from, from the beginning to the end, play, play a complete season, and, and I can be happy with that. And as far as peaking at the right time, is there anything you did this offseason to maybe make that happen? No, I mean, I think you just got to prepare. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if we, if we when, it, when it was all said and done, I, I did have a pretty good season last year. And I think uh, you know, there's no arguments there. But, you know, at the end, you know, we just got to figure it out. I, I don't know what it, what it is or, or where it came from. But to, for me to go change a whole lot of things after the season, uh, after the season I had, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we just kind of got to get there again and we'll figure it out. And we're back to Dodgers Dugout Live. Dive in the comments. BT foul. DMAC always killing with the great questions. Hey, BT, you know I appreciate you, my man. We got Otani is the unicorn for a reason. That's from prone to thrill. Cole, DMAC, Mookie will get all the rest he needs when the Dodgers lock up the division by the all-star break. That's a fire take. We got Roy Estrada Muncy at third base is a concern. Extending innings. We got Luis Serino. Is it wrong of me to still be worried about our bullpen strength? My homie's all excited for Yamamoto and Kershaw, but what about the, those deep innings? Is our relief and closers enough to? We'll address that tomorrow. I'm going to dive into that topic tomorrow just for you, Luis Serino. And by the way, you guys have been killing it in the comments all show. The more comments, the better. We appreciate it. And just leave some comments because we're watching this show after. We'll use some of your older comments for the next show, but keep killing with the comments. Nando 390, Dodgers should pass on the bye week this year. Nando. Yeah, I mean, they left that alarm on snooze in the postseason, Nando. And I always appreciate your fire takes. But yeah, the big key for Mookie Betts, the number one biggest key is self-evaluating him during the season because he had a historic August, 51 hits. It was a historic August. It was a record August, right? But he struggled down the stretch. He struggled in September. He struggled in the postseason, and that's what Mookie needs to do. He needs to get right. And one of the things that he did in driveline, and I want to see him maybe address this during the season, is 
He gained nine pounds of muscle, but also they worked on his bat speed because father of time is undefeated, right? Father of time is undefeated, and you want to maintain that bat speed throughout the season. So one thing they did was they had this program called the underload and overload training, and that's where you swing a bat that's 20% heavier than the bat you use, and then you mix it up with a bat that's 20% lighter. It's similar to pitchers that have weighted ball programs, right? So I just want to see them emphasize the training during the season and just maybe you go to driveline during the year. Maybe you go to driveline during the year and you take all these assessment tests to see where he's at, and maybe that puts Mookie in a better position. But last thing I want to say is you don't want it more than Mookie. I don't want it more than Mookie. Mookie Betts is his toughest critic. He had an MVP-level season a couple years ago, and they asked him about it, and he said it was trash, okay? So don't think that you like baseball or that you want the Dodgers to win more than Mookie Betts does, okay? Mookie Betts is a, a Hall of Fame guy, a Hall of Fame player who's going to make it to Cooperstown, and he's going to have a Dodger hat on his plaque. So let's embrace and celebrate Mookie Betts a little more. D-Mac for first base coach. I would absolutely have everyone trying to get two bags on every hit. So that probably would not be a good job for me, but I would like to talk to all the players. I definitely would like that. Maybe we could have a little show be on first base talking to the players, but thank you guys so much for rocking with us here on Dodgers dugout live. If you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, so you are eligible for all of our, all of our giveaways, subscribe, comment down below. We got some more comments and we'll get to those on tomorrow's show, but thanks for rocking with us guys. We'll drop some more videos later i have one on devin williams i'm dropping a little later today i have an interview with fred claire tons of content down the pipeline we're gonna be at spring training next week we're gonna be in korea all things dodger baseball behind the scenes looks you're gonna find it right here at dodgers nation so make sure you are subscribed you hit that like button for your los angeles dodgers maybe one of these days some of those otani home run balls will land but it's not anytime soon it's floating around the galaxy somewhere we got you rock, DMAC. Thanks, prone to thrill. Gary A., thank you. Alex Renteria, thank you guys, and see you next time. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Nando390, I'm not reading that. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm, that's not the Drake leak I was hoping it was. I was hoping for a new album, not what you're talking about, but that's going to do it. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue.